stop Excellent. Well, hello, radio and broadcast listeners. Welcome to KPCA LP, Petaluma, California, 103.3 FM. Thank you so much for joining me today for The Greater Good, a talk show designed to highlight community members and efforts and energies they invest to improve the quality of our lives and those around us, our neighbors, if you will. I'm your host, Barton Smith of EXP Realty, and today my guest is a Gentlemen, a Petaluma family man with a 25-year education, uh, uh, sorry, career in education. He has a BA of international relations, a master's in journalism from Northwestern, and he's closing in on the completion of his doctorate in educational leadership at UC Davis. You may recognize this gentleman uh, as the engaging principal of Petaluma High School, Mr. David Stewart. Good day, David. Welcome. Welcome, Barton. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. No, my pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So, David, so I'm happy to have you as my first guest because um, as an intensely dedicated principal, uh, you know, I know that you engage with thousands of our youth in your now seventh year, correct? Seventh year? That's right. Seven years. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and so with all that engagement, um, I, I think that uh, you really fit the community, uh, the you know, mold that I'm looking for, the, you know, the greater good. It's, I'm looking for people and discussions around, you know, what you do to affect others uh, daily in a positive and impactful way to, you know, uh, form unity and, and bring people together and engage them. And so, um, you know, you having that tremendous potential with generation, generations and generations of uh uh, folks and, and your obvious uh, positive and inclusive nature. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Absolutely. Right on. So why don't you talk, if you would, just a little bit about your um, launch into education and kind of how that correlates to, um, you know, the greater good or community impact, because it obviously does. Sure. So I was driving around the country with a girlfriend and ended up in San Francisco, pretty much broke. And um, I got a job with a friend of mine that I'd met at a kindergarten school called Stewart Hall for Boys still up there on Broadway and Fillmore. And um, I worked with kindergartners for a couple of years. And it was eye-opening to see the wonder in their eyes. These little five and six years old, they taught me a heck of a lot about what it was to be alive. And um, I happened to meet my wife there. She was working in the first grade, and I was working in the kindergarten. We met, and um, the rest for our family is the history of that. Later on, she encouraged me to get involved in public education and uh, encouraged me to go to school, get my credential, which I did at Sonoma State. And then in 97, I started teaching at a brand new high school called Freedom High School out in the far, far uh, East Bay. <laughs> and then <laughs> the far East. The far East. Bay. <laughs> and then uh, later the year following, I started at Casa Grande High School as an English teacher and eventually a video teacher um, and an ASB director. Oh, and taking me around all the way to administration at Petaluma High School starting in 2008-9. And I'm now actually in my 10th year total at uh, Petaluma High School. So that's the journey of the educational trip. Yeah. And so you, you started, um, again, with uh, some journalistic desires, right, and interests. And what, what's, what was the tide for those? Yeah, so I had worked in journalism for a little while in Washington, D.C. and experienced some of the pressures that journalists face um, from from corporations, there's a, there's, it's not quite 
you tell the, you tell the truth. There's a lot of, there's a lot deeper uh, weeds within journalism itself. So I was a little disenchanted with some of that work, realizing that I couldn't quite have a full voice. So education gave me a different pathway, where I felt I, I particularly as an English teacher, where I could help students to see um, possibilities and truth in through literature, through poetry, and to write their truth. And so that was important to me. It was more freeing than the world of journalism. Right, right, which seems to be even more myopic now than ever before with social media and just the drive to dictating uh, a story as it's told by somebody else as opposed to diving in and understanding the story for themselves. Right. I, yeah, media has become more corporate than ever. It's really, uh, it's hits and clicks now, so it's um, very, it's more, more and more restrictive. So getting that truth, particularly with a relative dearth of journalists in the newsroom, what newsrooms do is they cut back on, on the reporters and they focus on, let, let's, let's mine, mine the news. So it's a different kind of collection of news and the reporting tends to be quickly go from local, regional to national. The story blows up fast, and then um, and you don't necessarily get the full all the nuances that a good reporter can bring to it. Right, the the, the truth in the beginnings is lost. That's right. So, but for you, um, the truth was not lost. <laughs> it was because you launched into education, which to me sounds like it parallels uh, journalism just a little bit. Because I mean, par- you know, your journalism pursuits sound like they wanted to be, you know honest, holistic, and all that kind of approach, and you quickly discovered that's not the way that world works, and so you elected another path. And how mm-hmm. did, how did um, the consideration of, uh, or did, they, did it come into play, were the consideration of having students? I mean, because you have an audience with journalism, you obviously are going to have an audience um, as, a, as a teacher. Talk just about like, the relationship there. Yeah, well, if you've been, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to be a father of two children, um, both of whom are very unique, separate, and different. And I find that to be true of all students. So the joy of teaching is that you meet unique individuals every day, and they're they're different every day. You know, the oh, the same individual, even the same individual is different every day. So that begins high school age, maybe? No, I think it's all the way through because I I I saw them in kindergartners. I remember little Willie McGee. You know, there I have a whole slate of of kindergarten memories of these guys as they grew up, and I went back and visited them in eighth grade when they graduated from Stewart Hall just to see them as they had moved through. And um, anyway, teaching as a high school teacher, seeing growth from a freshman to a senior, seeing maturity, particularly with boys, I think, who struggle with, um, with that. Girls are ahead of us, let's just face it. They are developmentally, they're just more prepared, they are, they are ready for, for high school in ways that boys are not. And I just, I have found that to be, you know, I, I sometimes get kids who come back as 20-year-olds and they go, oh, Mrs. Stewart, I know I was blah, 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 blah. But let me tell you now. I've, I've learned something out there, and um, it's a pleasure to come back and see those kids as they have become young adults, and uh, that's one of the joys of teaching and of being an administrator too. Yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine. Um, so, talking a little bit, if you would, then about your segue from teaching into the administration aspect. So, um, I did ASB or leadership at Casa Grande right. for six years, and in doing that, I started to see the school as a as a whole being rather than an English classroom or a video production classroom. And in doing student government, I saw some of the opportunities that students had to help their peers to see school and education from a broader broader lens. And, and that sort of made me start to look at the school as a, as, a, as a thing, as an institution, and wanting to help guide that, to lead it from the, the standpoint of not just a, a U.S. history classroom or an English classroom, but how can I make and help this school become something more? And I think that's what administ- good administrators do. 
they don't lead from the front. They lead by guiding, by helping, by providing pathways for students to achieve more, helping parents to see the avenues into school, um, and, I, and most importantly, helping teachers to be the best they can be. Teachers are amazing. They do a lot of work that, it, that often goes um, unthanked. And um, I think a good administrator has to be the background for teachers because they can really do their best work when they have people in the background helping to be that, that scaffold for them. Right. So not, not a follow me, but here, let me support you. And this is right. how we're going to do it and, um, and collectively come together. ASB um, had a big impact in, in uh, my life because uh, my daughter is heavily involved in ASB and the intense, intense amount of time she spends right. at Pedlow High School. I, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All summer long, she's right. popping and out doing things and projects. Right. Well, that's what leadership is. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you don't just let it go. You, you've got to keep on, keep your, your hand on the, on, the, on the stove to keep it moving. And um, a lot of kids in that ASB program they know that the, there, there are kids behind them who are relying on them to create spirit, to create pride, to um, help them, and also support them as they go ahead and learn. So it's a terrific opportunity to become a leader and learn leadership. It's also a real give back to the, the students in the community of the school yeah. to participate that way. Maybe my next guest should be from the ASB uh, body over there at Pedlam High School. Not a bad idea, Mr. Smith. <laughs> right on. All right. Um, let's see. First, we go to next. So, I guess what um, again the show community, uh, the greater good, is about community uh, building and unity in our community. So, I'd love to know uh, maybe what you do uh, on like you know a, a daily basis and, and things like that that you think uh, kind of contributes to the society there, the unity of the community at school. Yeah. So, one of the things we're doing we do at the beginning of each year we call it first days. And um, speaking of ASB, they help us out with this a lot. First days is really just an opportunity to to get to know each other, to, to cement school culture. Why are we here? What are we doing at school? It's not just the compulsory, I've got to be at K-12, I've got to be here. It's what are the opportunities to learn? Why, why, how can I make the most of this opportunity? And how can we build Petaluma High School as part of that, to enwrap, enwrap the student so he or she feels, feels safe, ready to learn, and understands what their opportunities are. Um, I, you mentioned about my, um, my work at UC Davis, which I'm hoping to complete soon. It's a dissertation on um, low-income students and how they access post-secondary school. And I thought when I went into it that I was going to be, that the kids went in, in the question asked, so what else could the, pet, the high school have done? I thought they were going to say, well, add this program or do this or maybe some more, more funding for this. Each and every student who I interviewed said, it wasn't the school. It was me. When a counselor came in to talk about a four-year college, I thought they were talking to somebody else in the room. There were 30 kids sitting there, and I thought, oh, they must be talking to that guy or that girl, but not me, because I didn't feel like I was headed for college. So it underlined for me that one of the things schools can do to change that dynamic is to get one-on-one, -on -one, is to talk to each kid. What do you see for yourself? What are your opportunities? And I mean early on. So at the high school level, that starts at freshman year. But even before that, within our system, we need to start to engage our kids earlier with what are your opportunities down the road. It doesn't mean it has to be a four-year school. It just means we need to start crystallizing where are you heading? What do you want? So that they don't wander into their sophomore or even junior year going, well, gee, I don't know what's going to happen. So I think that's part and parcel of what we can do as, as educators is really get in touch with kids early and say, tell me about yourself. Tell me what your dreams are. And tell me what you think is in the way. 
for what you might want to do. Okay. Well, so it sounds like a ginormous task. Uh, so obviously the school teachers, administrators, there's just no way for you all, there's no way you have the capacity to do that with each individual student. So talk to me about relationships with parents or how you would approach that one-on-one because it sounds ideal. Right. So th- that's where the community comes in. We have an amazing, Petaluma is an amazing city and there are tremendous resources and in, in, in talent and people who want to be a part of their school community. Sometimes don't feel like they have an easy entree into the school. We have a, you know, Mentor Me is one of our amazing organizations in town which links caring adults with students who struggle. But I think there's, there's more, there's even more to do than that. There's um, expertise. There are lawyers and realist, realtors and doctors and nurses in town who can help kids to see what their, op- their opportunities are, their, 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 their futures could be. If we rely on schools to do it all, right. to keep kids safe, keep kids off drugs, make sure they, they advance in high school, make sure they're ready for college, you know, the school is becoming overwhelmed by the work, and the community is there. We need to tap into the community and find ways to connect those, those two areas more viscerally. Just give opportunities for both parents and for just regular folks out there to connect with kids. Right. That's fabulous because I, as a parent, I, uh, a little pang of guilt when you're speaking because my daughter is super motivated. She's at Bethlehem High School. And I, there's times where I stop and go, whoa, wait a minute, what's happening over there? You know, like, oh my goodness. Um, and uh, whatever you can call it, whatever you want, it boils down to probably laziness and lack of... Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt. Okay. I don't think it's laziness. I think it's, number one, parents of students at the school sometimes feel like they have a natural block. Like, my daughter no. or son may not want me hanging I've out. I've been a natural block before. Yeah. The yeah. hand to the face. Right. Uh, so it's, it's finding the right way. It's saying, hey... Hey, honey, or hey, daughter, son, what do you think if I came in and talked to you in a classroom? What do you think if I volunteered at this area? What do you think if I was... And there are lots of ways in. There's this, there's this, there's, uh, and there's lots of tips that we can give parents and community members to find their way in to support, to support kids. So, you know, never feel guilt. If you've got the time, we can connect you. But everyone is busy. Everyone's got a full plate and... Um, this is by no means a call to arms, like, hey, you got to get in here and, and do this work. That's not what the intention yeah, no. not at all. It's really just like an invitation for, for people to share their experiences, share their, their sense of what, is, what the future might be for these kids. And I, you know, I just think it's a great, I think, I think everyone will find it really um, joyful and wonderful to, to do it and work with kids. Yeah. You know, when, when inviting you to, to uh, be my guest today, I really didn't see the full depth, actually, of the potential for the greater good. Uh, coming through the high school or the community to the high school. I, I know inside that that would obviously be a wonderful place for all of us to spend time because it's a very impressionable generation. And, and oftentimes the kids like to hear, I think, from my daughter's friends, it's funny how I can catch the attention of a friend of hers more than I can catch her attention with you know conversation and, and discussions, what's going on, where you're headed, what's happening, everything like that. Whereas my daughter sometimes takes that as a little bit of an invasive kind of threat kind of a thing. Uh, and so uh, this is this is awesome. This is right mm-hmm. on track with uh, the greater good and impacting the community. So, how if somebody were listening and we weren't you know throwing this down uh, in their face and just saying get in here right now, if somebody did want to, can you share with where they would connect with the administration? Sure. So I'd start with going to PetalumaHighSchool.org. Mm-hmm. Um, all our contact numbers and information are there. 
email is an easy way to connect um, using a subject line like, hey, I really want to get, you know, getting involved, something like that, something to catch my eye. Yeah. I get lots of emails. I try to respond to as many as I can, and I, you know, it's part, part of my job. But um, that, that would really catch my eye because I'm, I'm loving the idea of activating the community to help us reach more students. I think yeah. that, that's, that's really important. One thing on the parenting part, it's common to have your own son or daughter reject slightly your own parenting in terms of their the outreach into their own lives, whereas a third party, somebody else, is they're much more receptive to, oh, blah, 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 said that, and I like that advice. Right. But when my dad <laughs> said it, hmm, I, th- I wasn't so, so into it. So having relying on, on that's, what, that's why the community matters. That's why others, other voices, aside from mom and dad, can really make a difference in a kid's life. Yeah, that's great. Thank you very much. Um, I think I want to jump over to, um, uh, like, okay, so we have parent engagement and even community members' engagement in, in the high school. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, what you do off-campus. I, mean, I might come back to campus, but that's okay. But what do you do on an off-campus day? I mean, you probably see students in the grocery store and wherever you go. You see your students walking around, stuff like that. But talk about just kind of a day in the community yeah. for you. So the, um, our nights are full, too. So we do – we're typically at athletic events, band, band performances, um, I do a, once a month. I do a coffee at either Aquas or you know, some some coffee shop in town where I invite parents to come by and just share share information, talk, and say ask questions. We've recently done a big renovation of the facility at Petaluma High. We have a new uh, all turf field, Ellison Field. Our swimming pools should be up and running by mid fall. Um, huge investment by the school district and the community um, through Measure K funds to make a difference in our schools. Uh, a new weight training center. Our gym is updated. I really think we have, you know, probably the best athletic facility in the county at this point. We have two new computer labs going in, and the, they'll be up and running in the in the early fall. So the the school is really is really coming along. Um, so you know, and some of that is also outreach to service organizations, Rotary clubs. Um, you know, doing breakfasts with them, the Kiwanis. We have a lot of support from from those clubs. The Petaluma Educational Foundation is enormous, makes a huge influence and difference in kids' lives. Um, by by helping us fundraise and helping us uh, create programs for kids, so you know it's it's reaching out and being part of the Petaluma community, so that I can give those uh, those people in the community avenues back into the school. Nice. Um, do you think you had uh, the community pool and weight room going in? Are they going to have a component for the community to actually use them as well? Yeah. So the the field itself is um, the signage going up about the right times when when you can get in there and use it. Um, because we have to keep kids safe. So during this, when students are present, it's not supposed to be a public facility, but beyond that it is. So those signs are going up now, and um, uh, it's been used this summer by community members. The weight center uh, just needs monitoring. We don't, have a, we don't have a person on staff to monitor the weight center, so that's a bit tricky. But the pool is certainly a community asset. Wow. And we had a lot of community members who, who believe that pool is theirs, and it was. You know, they, that, that pool was uh, built in 1950, the first pool. <laughs> so um, it was well, well part of the community, and, and that's why it was important to get it back and rebuild it. Yeah, it sounds like it might need daily filling, too. <laughs> it was leaking. <laughs> yes, sir. I bet it was. Yeah. So the community can then kind of get a membership to, to the pool? There's no membership. It's just, yeah, it's just uh, the, the, the aqueduct swim there. You know, it's a, it's a, it has been a community pool forever, wow. and I think it will remain that way. So, um I, as far as I know, there's no plans for a fee a fee charge in order to use it, but um, that that's out of my purview. Okay. So I, I don't run that part of the pool. So if so there is, wait, you mean you don't control everything? I don't control everything, Martin. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow, that's that's the things you learn when mm-hmm. you have your friends on the radio. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. Um, okay, so talk to me though specifically about like maybe how you impact the community, not high school aspect, not touched in high school, just like David Stewart out in the streets of Petaluma hanging out. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you do or anything you like to see happen when you're in that community? Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've been here now since we moved here in 1997, so that's um, into my 21st year at Pet- in Petaluma, and um, it is a, it's an amazing place. There's a lot of diversity here. Um, I, I play tennis regularly. I have a tennis group, and we actually play it at the high school and play uh, over at Leghorn. Um I participate. I mean, I, I've been a a Pete's longtime goer, and there's, there's a little group there that I hang out with. Um, uh, I run with a with a group, you know. So I, I've lived here long enough where my my children have grown up here, and I, I feel like it's part of who I am. You know, I'm I feel although I will never be a true Petaluman as right. as, as fifth sixth generation Petalumans right. will tell you. Gosh darn that rule! Uh, I'm getting there, right. but it's going to take me another hundred years, and That's then maybe. Right. I don't know. Your heart is big enough. Your heart is here. It qualifies. Well, we're working on it. Weight of your heart should be one of the other criteria. It should either generations or weight of your heart. <laughs> the love that you have for our town. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, nice. Um, okay, so talk to me if you would about like um, something about just to talk to the, the greater good. Like, what would you? care to see in our community, or maybe you do see in our community, like see more of it. What are, what are some of the things you see around the community you dig, something you want to see more of, things that you would hopefully the youth would take away from the high school to mm-hmm. engage in the community and, and, you know, share the neighborliness? So we always work on um, the idea of bullying or cyberbullying, and what, where does this come from? Where, where, do, um, where do and why do these things happen? We have great kids, and we know that, so where does this element of pushing back on another on a peer come from. Um, I read this novel last, last year, which is amazing, by George Saunders called Lincoln and the Bardo, which is a whole separate thing, but it's a beautiful, beautiful novel. He's a great writer, short story writer. Anyway, he gave a commencement speech at Syracuse um, about four or five years ago, and um, his key point was to the, the goal for, the, for these graduates was to be kind. It seems very simple. How, how tough is it to just be kind? But he spoke about why it's hard. We grow up as, and we're, we're taught to be a little bit selfish. We're, we're taking AP class, and what college are you going to go to, and off you go. We, we teach a little bit of individualness in America. And because of that, we sometimes lose that idea of empathy and reaching outside of ourselves, looking for kindness, looking for ways to pay it forward to somebody else. Anyway, what someone has said in his speech was, the people you remember are the ones who did you a kindness. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that made a difference, and that's why you remember them as somebody special. So, if I were to, if I were to have a goal for kids at Petaluma High, people in Petaluma, find ways to bring kindness to somebody else every day. You'll find some of the things that that are your hey, we need to stop bullying, we need to stop this, we need to stop that. Some of those things just evaporate when our focus is be kinder to one person than you were yesterday. Change that. He was talking about a seventh grader in his school who he was not mean to, but he saw others being mean to and didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of his regrets, yeah. was that he did not, he was not kind to her, and why not? So, anyway, that's the, that's the message I try to bring to kids, is don't forget that be kind to one person today, and it'll make a difference in someone's life. Nice. That was brilliant, David. Thank you so much for that. I was, um, years ago, imagining what the perfect school would be like and uh, part of it for me was wanting to develop a program that was essentially uh, had three kind of core philosophies to it for some sort of uh, uh, platform or education platform 
which was um, relationships, communication, and community. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love, I mean, if there were some way to create a course on that, it was just as mandatory as math and science, for crying's sakes. I mean, right. you know. Yeah, sometimes we get lost and we need to teach a math, science, geography, history, right? we got to get, get them through calculus. But all those things happen when you're happy and when you're secure and safe. So yeah. if, we, if we prioritize those, those things that you described, relationships, communication, you'll find kids learn more, learn faster, retain more, and are ready for the next step. Right. So you're right. Those things, you cannot teach math without teaching relationships and communication. Yeah. So it makes me think about, uh, like, just going to the, the campus some morning with, you know, donuts and coffee and just being out front. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not just for admin days. Oh, sorry. Yeah, for students. Um, but just, like, getting, you know, like, just general guys, Joes like me, just, you know, regular folk, and just go show up with, you know, tea, coffee, or water, and, you know, some pastries in the morning just to say, hey, good morning. Absolutely. Get to know get to know these kids. You'll find them to be wonderful, joyful, um, inspiring. They'll, they'll make a difference in your day, and you'll make a difference in theirs. Now that I said it out loud, I think I'm going to have to do it at least one time. Place in order! <laughs> it's time to do that. Right on. All right. Um... Great, so we've got a couple more minutes to, to wrap up, and um, I really uh, want to tell you how much I appreciate you being in here. You know, I admire you. Uh, I admire the amount of work that you must have, ahead, have each day ahead of you, um, and uh, the management or balance that it must take to, to keep that all in play. So huge appreciation, and thank you for your time, your effort, uh, your graciousness around campus. I've been on campus when uh, you have... Uh, been there, I've you know been there with my daughter walking around and seeing you work with the kids, and uh, I just I have a huge appreciation for all the admin and staff. I know teachers probably go on the song all the time, but they probably get a few more you know teacher gifts than the admin probably gets. <laughs> so I know you guys aren't there designed there to beat up, but just to, to support up, and uh, that's greatly appreciated. So, all right. Awesome. Yeah, thank you very, very much. Right, I think it's time. So, folks, thank you so much for joining us on The Greater Good. I'm Barton Smith, and we'll see you and hear you hopefully next week, 3.30 on Monday afternoon. Wonderful afternoon. C-A-L-P, Petaluma, California. Hey, I'm Nanus, and I'm Boo. We host the Nanus and Boo Show. We talk about activities for kids in Petaluma. Yeah, like boating on the Petaluma River and seeing stars at the RF Bowling Observatory. We also have homemade science and science. You can catch that show at 2.30 every Sunday. Are you tired of the mainstream tunes that other stations play over the airwaves? I'm sure you crave more diversity. Free Range Radio, KPCA, just might be the station for you. We host local producers that play anything from contemporary jazz to R&B to surf music. Tune in on 103.3 FM and online at kpca.fm. I'm Matt McGuire. I'm Jim Thomas. And we are Two Loops and a Mic. We bring you commentary on recent topical events we find interesting and important. And we also bring the lighter side. 
Our show airs every Friday at noon on Free Range Radio at KPCA 103.3 FM. Join us this time, won't you? Are you looking for an alternative to the usual political punditry? With Free Range Radio, KPCA, look no further. Given the day of the week, local programmers delve into such topics as Pilates, mental health, and even independent journalism with guests that evoke honest and open discussions. Tune in at 103.3 FM or online at kpca.fm. KPCALP, Pataluma, California. 